this is the end of the world, or is it? There's the question. This is the end of the world, or is it? In 1945, Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein and the University of Chicago scientists created something called the Doomsday Clock. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but every year since 1945, they've updated this Doomsday Clock. So you ready for this? I'm going to give you a piece of information I think you're just going to love. So doomsday starts at midnight, okay? That's the way the clock is set up. So according to these scientists, right now, we are 100 seconds from midnight. So in other words, this is the end of the world. Things are coming to an end. And that is from the scientific perspective. Now they're looking at things like catastrophic climate change, nuclear holocaust. Uh, they're looking at a variety of things that might be what would create the end of the world. So here was their statement, you ready? Citizens, this is dated January 27th, 2021. To leaders and citizens of the world, it is 100 seconds to midnight. Yikes. I mean, I look at that kind of thing and I get, wow, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you confront that in any variety of ways? But, and I would ask this question, are we on the cusp of the end of the world? Well, understand from the first century until to literally today, <clears throat> there have been nearly 200 predictions of end of the world uh, scenarios. In other words, that it's going to happen, not just a scenario of how it's going to happen, but that it actually would happen. 200. And you say, well, that's not very many. Well, it really isn't. But when you begin to do the math through those predictions, here's what you learn. In the 20th century, there were more in the 20th century than literally in the previous 19 before it. I mean, together. Very, very close. And if we're on pace, as it looks in the 20th century, what the 21st century is going to produce is probably twice as many as what happened in the 20th century. So what does it tell me? It tells me a number of things. It says that there is a tremendous amount of conversation happening around the end of the world. What does that look like? What is it going to include? And maybe more so, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And when you look at all the events of 2020, you go, wow, that was quite the year. Everything kind of fell apart. But here's the deal. Maybe this is good news. We're still here. We're still here. Everything continues on. But there have been no shortage, even in 2021, of end of the world predictions. Three of them, let me just give you three of them real quick. One of them you might not be too surprised about, that the second coming of Jesus is going to happen in 2021. Okay, so just so that you know, just get on the calendar, you know, Jesus got four months to get this thing done, okay, <laughs> according to this. Oh, the, there are also some, some Torah scholars, the, the, first five, the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, Jewish Torah scholars have predicted that the end of the world will happen in 2021. And then there's also a prediction that we're going to experience a zombie apocalypse, there you go. Now, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with all of that. But, so I would just say, it, it certainly produces this idea of being a hot topic when you talk about the end of the world. Uh, in 1996, uh, on July 3rd, 1996, our family went and went to the very first showing that we could get into of Independence Day. You may remember this. It's on TV about every other day, I think, at this particular point. 
but Independence Day, we were all excited about it. And so we all went as a family. I think we went to like the nine o'clock show or something and, you know, and saw this, <laughs> thought this very technical, fun story. You know, it was no big deal. But there was kind of an end of the world motif to this, which I didn't really realize. But there was a song that began, uh, became, I should say, the theme song of this. And it was by a band called REM. And REM, if you're wondering what that stands for, is Rapid Eye Movement. That they're, anyway, they're kind of a... I don't listen to R.E.M., but this song was intriguing. It's the end of the world, as we know it, and I feel fine. So I look at those words and I go, do you really? Do you really? Because I think about some of the things that are connected to this end of the world. But what is more interesting about that song? I went to YouTube and I listened to it again just to kind of get it back into my thinking. And then I went down to the comments section. And here what was posted, here's what was posted on August 28th, 2021. Get the date? August 28th, 2021. Here's what this man said. Crazy to be listening to this song during the literal end of the world. That's what someone said when they listened to it. Now, let me just give you this. In the last two weeks, in the last two weeks, Afghanistan, Portland, Oregon, Northern California fires, the Delta variant, Hurricane Ida, Haiti. So I ask these questions. Is, or I, ask this, I ask these questions. Is this the end of the world? Is it really? Are, are we really 100 seconds to midnight? Will 2021 be the year that all things come to an end? When I say those things, I might change the lyric. Ready for this? It's the end of the world and I don't feel fine. I think that's how most people look at end of the world events. They don't feel fine about the things that are pressing. And honestly, the reason I did image after image after image is for us to begin to connect the dots. Understand something, our world is on fire. There is turmoil everywhere you turn. You cannot deny it, but it's easy for us to deny it. It's easy for us to become so, I guess, enthralled with the world and its surroundings that we forget that we may be, well, no, that we are living in the last days. So while I can't say a definitive yes or no, to those questions that were 100 seconds to midnight, that this is the end of the world, that I can't say a definitive yes or no. But here are some things I can say. I'm gonna give you five thoughts. The first one is this. All that is happening now should not come as any surprise. Now, this is specifically related to people of faith, okay? As people of faith, we shouldn't be surprised that things are spiraling away from things that are good, okay? That shouldn't come as a surprise to us. That when we see violence, when we see an increase of earthquakes or hurricanes or turmoil or war, none of this should be a surprise. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 13. Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. 
Yes, these things must take place. There's that word. You hear that word, must? These things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines. So it's abundantly clear that Jesus' words that, that, that we're witnessing, what we're witnessing now, are nothing new. Jesus predicted this ha would happen 21 centuries ago. It's expected. He said it was going to happen. The second thing, the second thing that I learned from this is that what we're experiencing now is only the beginning of the end. Now, let that sink, let that sink in a little bit, okay? Let that sink in a little bit. When I was in high school, when I was in high school, every Saturday, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost hesitant to even share this story because it's just gonna, it's gonna label me forever. You guys are gonna say, I cannot believe that, Gary. I cannot believe it. Here it is. Every Saturday night I was in high school, I used to watch Creature Features with a guy by the name of Bob Wilkins. And this was the, 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 this, there was two movies every Saturday night of these crazy science fiction films and these, a, these B, C, and D, quote unquote, horror movies. They were more comedy than they were anything else. It was just hilarious. And it was wonderful with a bowl of ice cream and a bag of Oreos. You know, I was great. It was just one of those things I did every Saturday night. I cannot tell you how many times the movie ended with something just like this. The end, or is it? You know, like, are you kidding me? And it would just cause me to laugh and think. But honestly, honestly, that's kind of what, kind of where we're living. Go back to Mark 13. Look at this. Jesus said in Mark 13, verse 8, the second part of it, he says, but this is only the first of birth pains with more to come. This is the first. This is the beginning. So now, go back. Now, we're not going to go back to those images, but don't go back to some of the things that have happened in the last two weeks. And honestly, there are things like this that have been happening for decades. It's nothing new. We know that. But this is only the beginning. Let that sink in. What we're experiencing, whether it is with this pandemic that has crushed the world for now a year and a half, almost two years, whether it's the locust plagues that have incredibly ravaged the continent of Africa through, 20, through 2019, actually 2018, even through the present time. When we begin to look at an earthquake like Haiti, they had a horrific earthquake in 2010. I was there in 2011, and it was a mess. I don't even think they still cleaned up from that one. And now it's hit again. Did you see the devastation in New York City and in New Jersey? I listened to a guy the other day talking about New Jersey. We don't have her, we don't have, we don't have tornadoes in New Jersey. But they did. This is the ready? Beginning. You say, wait a minute. Are you telling me that things can get worse? It's exactly what I'm saying. And that's exactly what scripture says. When Jesus, Jesus makes it very clear. Earthquakes, famines, rumors, false, false messiahs. These are the beginning. He says it's not going to happen immediately. These are the beginning. So things can continue to escalate. Paul's comments to Timothy are really significant at this moment. Listen to what he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. 
People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to the parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutals, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Paul gives 19 different qualities. Now, when you look at those qualities or these, this list, you can see this is kind of, a, this is kind of a, an imprint of where we live, isn't it? All of this just seems to be happening. And so there are three things that I take away from this portion of Scripture. First is this, that in this last day's context, things are going to get worse. It's a certainty. It's not something that should come again as a surprise. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And how do I know that? Paul says this, when he starts this passage, he says, but mark this. Those are very intense words in the original language of the New Testament. It is literally, it's a jolting reminder to Timothy of a reality with which he must come to grips. You and I need to just settle it today. We need to settle it. We are in the last days and there are terrible times ahead of us. Settle it. Be done with it. Stop asking the question, is this the end Yes, it is. It is. That began in the first century when Jesus was resurrected and the church was birthed. The last days began that moment until he comes back. That's the period of time in which we are living. Second thing is it is and it will be terrible. Now that word again is very, very strong language. The word that he uses for terrible can be translated, ready? Violent. Fierce are hard to deal with. There's not a person under the sound of my voice or joining us online. And by the way, welcome. Great to have you with us. Not a person who would not say when you go back a year in the summer riots of 2020 that we were not sitting in front of our televisions, our media outlets, and saying this is hard to deal with. It's exactly what Paul says. It's hard to deal with terrible times. The third thing is it will include a degenerating society. And that's those 19 things that Paul references. This vice list, this vice list deals with greed. It deals with false prophets. It deals with so many different, incredibly difficult and challenging things, terrible things. Churches that are turning away from the gospel and peddling what is not the gospel. You see, that's the day in which we find ourselves. But understand this, regardless of how bad things, how bad things are and how bad things will become, how, how much worse things will get. Remember Isaiah 46, I am your God and I will take care of you until you're old and your hair is gray. I made you and I will care for you. I will give you help and rescue you. Somebody say amen. No matter what happens, God's got your back. He's got my back. He's got our back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The third thing is the world as we know it will come to an end. The world as we know it will come to an end. Now, here's a picture for you. Marcy and I celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary on the 21st of August. So we did so with dinner. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, all, all, all one of you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I don't ever, I don't ever, uh, let me just be quiet. We celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary with dinner and a sunset, okay? And I would say, we were, we were at Sunset Cliffs in San Diego, and this was like the perfect night. It was about 75 degrees, no breeze, warm. It was gorgeous. And we sat, we were there for probably 45 minutes to an hour just watching the sunset. You say, well, why do you say that in light of what you just, this point, the world as we know it's going to come to an end? Because we live in an amazing world, don't we? All you have to do to experience it, I was looking at a, some pictures last night from Italy of some of these beautiful locations in Italy. It's just my, my mouth just kind of sat open of how beautiful it was. The sunset was gorgeous. The ocean is gorgeous. The forests, the mountains are gorgeous. We live in an extraordinary world. But I want you to know something. It's temporary. It's temporary. And we can become very, very attached to what is here, believing that this is all there is. But there's more, because there's coming a day when our God is going to create, you ready? A new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness, where there will not be anything that will cloud or destroy or detract from what he has created. He is going to recreate everything one day. And it's going to be even better than it is. But until then, understand, things continue to spiral away and what we are experiencing is going to come to an end. Paul said, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. Okay? Peter said that the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear with fire and the earth and everything on it will be found will be found to deserve judgment. You see, it's coming to an end, as beautiful and as wonderful as it is. The fourth thing, and this is where the bulk of our time is going to be this morning, and I, I want to move quickly through this, but at the same time, I want us to move intentionally through it. Psychology Today did, a, um, did an article on this idea of purpose. And they, they shared some things that I thought were really interesting about purpose and how important purpose is for each of us. And they, they talked about things like when you have purpose, you're, left self, you're less self-centered. You're, our self-esteem creates, uh, is, excuse me, increases. And our hope is also enhanced. So these are really good things. When you have purpose, you're driving towards something. Well, I got to thinking about this idea of purpose as it relates to all of the things that are happening around us. Because isn't it, isn't it true that when we begin to see things crumble around us, we just kind of stop? And we might even say something like this, what's the point? Why do I do any more? Why should I, and we, any question that you can come up with under that particular scenario. But I wonder, if you and me as followers of Christ were to live, if we were to live determined with God's purpose in mind, what would our lives look like? And especially in light of, in light of the last days, what would our lives look like? You see, I look at these things 
is what we've talked about. And, you know, we talked about some of the possibilities and I'm not going to go deep into that. That's not the point of today's message, but here's what comes to mind immediately. If in fact, well, not if in fact, in fact, all of these things are true. Okay. All of them are true. All of this is happening. How am I supposed to respond to that? How, as Francis Schaeffer would say, how should I then live? In light of certain facts, what should my life look like? I believe there are, and there are more, I'm sure, but I'm going to give you 12 things. And you say, oh, oh my goodness, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with them. And I want you to consider this in light of everything, of what kind of people we should be in light of all of this. The first one we should be, we should watch out. We should watch out. Jesus said, Jesus said, watch out for doomsday deceivers. In other words, we, you and me, we need to be mindful, watchful of the things around us. We should not stick our head in the proverbial sand and say, everything's cool. Everything's, no, we need to be watchful. Second, we need to stay alert. It's very close, very much akin to being watchful. Mark 13 says, and since you don't know, since you don't know what time, the, the time, that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. Watchful and alert are very similar phrases. To me, where alert is, where it kind of changes, it is so easy to become anesthetized to the world around us, to be complacent, disconnected, oblivious. But understand something, every parent in the room, every parent online, every grandparent in the room, every grandparent online, we are to, in, we are to be sure that our children and our grandchildren understand the times in which we live and point them to Jesus. Because that's where their hope is. To be alert. To be alert. Not to be taken in by certain things, not to become so complacent or asleep or weary of hearing the same. No, no, no. We need to be alert. Number th three, number three, look up. I love this one. Get ready to give a big amen. All right. So when you, so when all these things begin to happen, happen, stand straight and look up for your salvation is near. Hallelujah. You see, when these things happen, they point to one thing, Jesus is coming. Jesus is returning. And he's returning for you and for me. That's good news. Number four, take heart. Take heart. I've told you these things so that you may be, have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Do we understand? It? Well, I'll say it this way. You know, it's really easy to become disheartened, isn't it? Discouraged. Overwhelmed. I, I can't tell you how... I can't even describe the feelings sometimes that I have had sitting and watching, observing some of what is going on in our world, in our country, in our state. It is mind-blowing. And it is easy to become disheartened. But no, we're called to take heart. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the world, the source of that which has created the trouble that we are experiencing. He doesn't just overcome the trouble. He overcomes the source of that which creates the trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take heart. Take heart. Number five, get busy. <laughs> get busy. I like that phrase. Somebody else say, I like that phrase. Come on now. Get busy. 
Listen to this, Acts 1. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Now let that sink in a little bit. It is not for you to know. It is not for you to know. But how much energy do we expend trying to figure out when? Boy, that rhymes. That's pretty good. It's not for you to know. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Listen to this. Jesus says the date and the time of the end is none of our business. But we do have a business to be about, and that is accomplishing his purposes of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You say, well, man, the news is crummy. Yes, it is, but there is good news, and that is the news of Jesus and that he saves. And that there is hope in Christ. Six, stand firm. Stand firm. Ephesians 6 is therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, there you go, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Isn't that interesting? In three different occasions in that two verse section, stand is mentioned three times. Paul is saying, yeah, times are tough, times are difficult. And remember, just so that you know, the book of Ephesians that's where Timothy was pastoring. And what did, what did Paul write earlier to Timothy? There will be terrible times in the last days. And in the midst of that, he is writing to that same church and saying, stand firm. And this is the same message to you and me. Stand firm. You see, Jesus, our, Jesus has provided for us every resource that we need to stand. The armor of God is just that. We need to put on the armor of God and live above the fray of, <clears throat> of the world in which in which we are living. Number seven, be encouraged. Paul talks about the coming of the Lord and to a group of discouraged individuals in Thessalonica. They thought they had missed it. They thought, and they were worried about those who had died in, who had been people of faith and they thought something had happened. Well, Paul talks about, no, the Lord himself is gonna come down with a shout of the, and it's gonna, it's gonna be great. And then he says this in chapter four, verse number 18, therefore encourage one another with these words. You see, you and I, when we are facing end the last days conversations with family, with friends, it should be something that we can encourage someone else to understand. Why? Because we have hope beyond this life. That it's an encouragement. Paul has just reassured the Thessalonians that they've not been left behind. And related to them that the coming of the Lord is something to rejoice about. The same is true for us. Number eight, be hopeful. Be hopeful. Titus 2.13, we are filled with hope as we wait for the glorious return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is not a great escape. It is our blessed hope. We're looking forward to the day that Jesus comes for us. And this is setting things in motion. Because we know maybe the end is not right now, but it is coming. This is the beginning, but it is coming. And it is something that we should be hopeful about. Number nine, live godly. Live godly. I can't think of anything more profound in the midst of challenging days than to live a godly life. You, you want to be a witness to your family and your friends? Live godly. Peter is very clear. He talks about the destruction of everything. And he asked this very... And he will in just a minute. We're, we're going to talk about it. Listen to what he says. 
He says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You notice? He says, it's a fact. This stuff is disappearing. The world's coming to an end. And it isn't for you to figure out the time. It isn't, time. it isn't for you to figure out the date and all of the details in between. And I applaud those who do that. That's not the point. But often we can become so distracted with all of that, we forget about our own personal character, which is our greatest witness to those who don't, need, who don't know Jesus. And, Paul, and Peter says it very clearly. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. There it is. Number, number 10, don't fear. Don't fear. And so, dear friends, 2 Peter 3.14, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Do you notice the word peaceful? Peaceful? In the midst of all of the junk that we see around us, are you at peace? Are you at peace? Or is there turmoil? Because I do believe that God would be honor, honored as we would not live in fear, but we would live peaceful lives. Why? Because we have a hope beyond this world. Number 11, grow up. Grow up. My, one of my, this is probably my favorite verse in all of the New Testament, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Glory to Him. Glory be to Him now and forever. Amen. The idea of growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Christ should be something that should, we should be so excited about, about doing each and every day. And again, it is something that shows to a world around us that our priorities are not just here, but they are in heavenly places, as it were. And then number 12, wise up, wise up. And I, this one is interesting to me. <clears throat> the two different occasions in the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and verse number seven, and chapter 17 and verse number nine, what we see are these words. This calls for wisdom, and this calls for a mind with wisdom. Both of those deal with last day's encounters, last day's events. It calls for wisdom. Can I encourage all of us this morning to be wise as we face the times in which we live? It is very easy and it became very, very easy during 2020 to follow all of the various prophecies about A, B, C, and D. It was very easy to do that. And it was very easy to become wrapped up. I even had, I had Facebook messages coming to me. What do you, would you please listen to this video and let me know what you think? I'd listen to it and try to give some kind of reasoned answer to what was there. Most importantly, friends, we must be people of godly wisdom. God has promised that we would have wisdom if we would ask for it. And listen to what Solomon said this. He said, wisdom is supreme. It's not a verse in your notes. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Now listen to this. Though it cost you all you have. You see that? That's how important wisdom is. It is not for us to be taken in by every wind of doctrine and every philosophy and idea and new thing that comes down the road. Every new book, every new video, every new... No! Wisdom 
And God will provide it wisdom if we ask. Finally, finally, number five. God, <clears throat> God has the final and only word as to when the end will come. That is really important. And I couldn't think of a better way to bring all of these things together than to, sh to leave that with you. Isaiah 13, verse number nine, says, for you see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them. The stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and the humble the pride of the mighty. Matthew 24, verse 36. But about that day or, or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, for nor the Son, of, nor the Son but only the Father. Those, those verses are very significant because you notice that it's the day of the Lord. It's not the day of such person, prophet, or teacher. It's the day of the Lord. It is the Lord who will determine when the end comes. Our focus and our trust is to be on him, not on all of the peripheral things that say, remember, 200 different predictions to the end of days. Excuse me? Not one of them. Here's, here's, here's a little key for you. If someone predicts the day of the Lord as being, let's just pick a day, uh, October 1st, I'm going to guarantee you it's not October 1st. Why do I say that? Because it's the day of the Lord. And I'm going on what scripture says, no one knows the day but the Father. No one. No one. Don't be taken in. Wisdom. Be watchful. Be alert. Continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Be encouraged. Be hopeful. You see, these are the things that should characterize our lives. These are the things that should be the qualities of our life. Not the other things. In our series, Climate Change, a few weeks ago, I stated the following. The destructive might of the world's nuclear arsenals is overwhelming and capable of destroying the world many times over. We must be, and we must be good stewards of the, this amazing planet that God has gifted to us. But make no mistake, hear this, man-made climate change or nuclear holocaust will not bring about the end of the world. It is the day of the Lord, and as creator and judge, it is his to determine when and how and his alone. If he so chooses to use the nuclear arsenal, so be it. If it's, so be it. It's God's determination not man's. It is arrogant for man to believe that we control the destiny of this world. This is my father's world. It is in his hands and he will determine when and how and it is his alone. We as the people of God have got to be determined. We cannot be taken in by all of the wind that is out there. We need to come back to God's word and solely trust his word. The title of today's message is this is the end of the world or is it? It's a very poignant question. And as I said, I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know how. But what I do know is that without, hear this carefully, what I do know is that without the hope, peace, and security that comes from having a real relationship with Jesus, the future is bleak. Without Christ, without the hope, and without the peace he provides, 
Man, I'm telling you, the events of our world are terrifying. But, but, having a real relationship with Jesus gives us the hope when everything around us is in turmoil. So, with Jesus as Savior and Lord and Sovereign King, I take an incredible risk in saying what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. Are you ready? So I was there when he took the risk. Here it is. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Why? Because my hope is in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Jesus said these words, Revelation 22, he who testifies to these things is, says, yes, I am coming soon. And the response is, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let it be so. Thank you, Lord, for our time together this morning. And I pray that if there's one person in this room or one person listening online this morning who doesn't have the hope, the peace, and the security that comes by knowing Christ, that right at this moment, they would make that profound declaration. Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord. Give me hope and give me peace for today and for eternity. Let it be so. Lord, the end of the world's in your hands. And I wouldn't want it any other place. I'm not going to make any predictions. I'm so grateful. I don't, it would just be wrong. It's wrong according to Scripture. Beginning? Sure. We've been in the last days for 2,100 years. God, you know what's in store. And in even the, the most feeble way that I can express it, so do I, in the sense that, Lord, if I meet you at your second coming and I have the opportunity to meet you in the air, can't wait. It's going to be great. What a day that'll be. If I meet you by way of the grave, so be it. What a day that will be. So whether I live or whether I die, whether I'm alive at the coming of the Lord or I am in eternity prior to that, it's all good. It's all good because I belong to you. God, I want that same hope, peace, and security for each and every person in this room and everyone joining us online. This morning, if you don't know Christ, if you don't have, and I use those words intentionally, a real relationship with Jesus, I'm talking about knowing about him. But I'm talking about knowing him. Would you make that declaration today? Say, Jesus, be my savior. Or you could just say it this way. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. This morning, if you're listening online or maybe sometime during the course of this week and you hear this message, I believe you've been drawn there by God's Holy Spirit. Would you just let us know that you chose Jesus? This morning in the room, you choose Jesus. You choose Jesus. And this is for every non-believing person and for every person who's a believer this morning. Hear this carefully. Do you choose Jesus over and above everything? Over and above everything. He's most important. Jesus. I give total, complete control to Jesus. Would you lift your hand with me? I want to pray with you. Say, yes, Jesus, you're mine. I choose you today. 
Lord, thank you. Thank you that we choose you. And Lord, in this moment, I pray, there would be such an incredible peace and hope that would arise in our life. Because regardless of what may be happening around us, if this is the end of the world, so be it. I belong to you, so all things are good. It's fine, because I'm yours. Reinforce that in each of our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Stand with me if you would. As we go to a time of worship and prayer, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to join me. I know that some are vacationing and traveling today, but I know Shannon is here and Lori, Pastor Lori, would you come as well? And be available to you as you may have a need or request today. God is here to meet your needs. Don't hesitate to let, to let someone pray with you today. Connect with them in prayer before we go. Blessings to you. Remember, this is the end of the world, or is it? Well, it's the end of the world, and I feel fine. If we know Jesus, all is well. Amen? Let's worship our great God.